Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, going to a holiday concert at Heinz Hall can be a yearly seasonal treat for families, but for people with sensory issues, the jarring sounds and changing lights can make it nearly impossible to sit through. The Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra is changing that, though, with their sensory-friendly Holiday Pops concert. I'm here with Suzanne Perino, who produces these shows. It's Wednesday, December 14th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So, Suzanne, first of all, why are these kinds of concerts important? Yeah, for some families, this will be the only arts experience that they come to as a family. Mm. You know, typically uh, we hear from parents, especially, that when they bring a child who is on the autism spectrum or who has a physical disability, that they are shunned or judged by other audience members. If there is a a person that is accompanying a family and has an outburst, they are, you know, looked on like you should not be here. This is um, an environment that is welcoming. So the families will bring their typically developing children as well as children who are on the spectrum who have a physical disability and they'll attend as one family unit. And for some, this is the first time that they will be able to do that. Are the concerts just for people on the spectrum? And also, like, what kind of uh, modifications are made to make the concert more sensory-friendly? A sensory-friendly concert is for anyone, but we specifically create programs for anyone who has a concern about coming to a typical classical concert. Yeah. Anyone who might um, need some modifications for physical disabilities or might have sensory sensitivities, or might be on the autism spectrum and would feel more comfortable coming into this concert. Yeah. So we try to mitigate any sudden loud sounds so that there's no sense of all of a sudden you're hearing something that you didn't expect. Yeah. Also is true with the lighting. We try not to do things like strobe lighting or really intense lighting changes or lights that are coming at you. So once again, it's an expectation that you won't be all of the sudden hit with these different sensory overload issues. And then we also have people speaking throughout the concert, talking about the music. The script is a little bit more direct and literal, so you don't have words that would have double meanings. Um, Inside jokes, that sort of thing. Things are very direct and straightforward. Could you give an example of what that sounds like? I think that's kind of a little bit hard to imagine. I think, I I guess, you know, for people that might not have um, sensory issues or or on the spectrum, what does it mean to be very direct in the communication um, or what's happening during the symphony? Yeah, so during the script, um, speaking from stage, we might say, Mm -hmm. Today, we have many guest artists. These guest artists will come to the front of the stage and sing. We invite you to sing along with them when they ask you to, instead of something that would be a little bit more indirect, like we might be singing songs today. Just wait. We don't know. We'll have surprises that come in. Uh, Just watch for the flashing light. You know, something that uh, Mm. is completely the opposite not as straightforward. Mm -hmm. 
And you mentioned that you choose your music specifically to be sensory friendly. What songs uh, will the orchestra be performing and, and what songs would they not perform? Well, we are starting this concert with Sleigh Ride by Leroy Anderson. And that does have a whip like you were in a sleigh with drawn by horses back in the old times and there'd be mm-hmm. a whip to get those horses going. So we will most likely, depending on how it sounds in the rehearsal, replace that with a woodblock instead so that you don't have that sudden slap. That would be one example. Um, Sometimes, you know, with cymbal crashes, that's so sudden. Sometimes with high-pitched ringing glockenspiel bells after, you know, three, four, five repeated patterns, that can be very annoying. So we try to keep those out and and pick music. This year we're doing two sing-alongs. We have Nutcracker, uh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, and mm. Dance of the Merrillites, my favorite things from The Sound of Music, Christmas sing-alongs like We Wish You a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We and Deck the Halls and that kind of thing. So it's it, it will be really fun. Yes, classics. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. The Pittsburgh Symphony was one of the first orchestras to have a fully inclusive experience. What inspired you to to do this and how did you figure out what a fully inclusive concert looked like if you didn't have, you know, examples to to base it on? Well, I will say that Pittsburgh as an arts community is very supportive. And so back in 2013, we were part of the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council kind of um, professional development sessions. So we went into all of these different sessions trying to learn as much as we could Mm -hmm. about how to program and create environments for people with disabilities, people on the autism spectrum, people with sensory issues, so that we could prepare ourselves for the concert that happened two years later in 2015. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got into it, because the entire cultural district was really embracing this idea of these patrons that we really needed to connect with more and to serve in a better way. And that is essentially between 13 and 20% of the population, um, depending on how they self-identify on census, Mm -hmm. this audience that we weren't addressing as genuinely as we should have been. You've talked about 
the concert being, you know, inclusive. And one of the elements of that can be price. You know, it's not it's not cheap <laughs> to enjoy the arts. Right. It's not cheap to enjoy the arts. Uh, for this concert, we made the decision to have every seat at $15. So that is quite a cut from the regular holiday pops that this is based on. So this, Yeah, how, how much is it usually regularly? Yeah, I mean, it's between, um, usually between $25 and $65 mostly for the a typical uh, classical concert. So this is a price cut. You can also, if the person you are bringing is not feeling up to attending a concert, we will give you a 100% refund on your ticket the day of. That's nice. So that kind of ensures that we are trying to be as sensitive as possible so that you can attend for a lower price and then you can feel free to ask for a refund if you know, you're know you not up to feeling like coming down to the hall that day. How have your inclusive concerts evolved as you've continued doing them over the past few years? Yeah. When we first started these sensory-friendly concerts, we would offer fidgets at the front door and we expected it to be like a Fiddlesticks family concert where kids are coming through the door and they've got all this energy and they're super excited. And there was exactly the opposite of what we experienced. People were coming through slowly and deliberately and weaning away from wanting to talk to people or see people with fidgets, offering them uh, programs and fidgets and, and advice. Mm. And we just learned immediately to let people have their space, to let them come into the lobby, to let them figure out where they are and get some sense of of what they want to do, where they want to go, and then offer them um, some fidgets, offer them directions, but really don't jump in and try to explain the whole experience as people were coming through. Yeah, I think the staff and the volunteers were super excited to launch the first one in 2015. And so we were extremely energetic. And so we were confronting people in a space where they just needed to not be uh, disturbed coming into a new environment. And so we learned that immediately. Just everybody calm down, take four <laughs> steps back and wait for people to come to you. Has it worked better? Yes, absolutely. It's worked better. And I should say that we have a fabulous accessibility advisory committee. Hmm. So we don't assume that we know everything. We go to the experts and the networks that are out there to say, is this appropriate? How can we modify this? What should this look like? Because we would never assume that we knew everything about music therapy or occupational therapy or folks with who are hard of hearing or have low vision. We never assume that. We just seek out experts and they're fabulous on our advisory board. So. And Suzanne, you're obviously a person with, uh, you know, passion and a love for classical music, or, or I would hope. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be able to give that kind of experience of, you know, going to an orchestra or to a concert to more people? Oh, I think it is an incredible opportunity. It's an incredible gift. Mm. Um, but also it opens up your life experiences to something that is just so enjoyable and it's live music will affect you in ways that recorded music or listening to it on the radio will not hmm. being in the auditorium with 
other people in a social environment, um, feeling the energy of the music, of the people around you, and letting it impact you personally is something that uh, everyone should experience and have that opportunity. Suzanne Perino is the Executive Vice President of Learning and Community Engagement for the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. The Sensory Friendly Holiday Pops concert is this Saturday, December 17th at 2.30 p.m. at Heinz Hall. We'll drop a link in our show notes where you can get tickets. A little more news before you go. The field to replace Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald is getting a little more crowded. County Council Member Liv Bennett announced she's running. She wants to bring progressive reforms to the county. Former City Controller Michael Lamb and Social Services Manager Aaron McClellan are also running, and more candidates are expected to enter the field soon. And we're about to get some new historical markers in and around Pittsburgh. The Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission recently approved dozens of new markers, including four in Allegheny County. I'm really excited to see this one commemorating Teeny Harris on the list. He was a photojournalist with the Pittsburgh Courier who captured the Hill District's renaissance during the 50s and some pictures of my own family. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Music today was from the Boston Pops Orchestra and the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. If you enjoyed the sound of the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. Suzanne, what is your least favorite holiday song? Oh, probably Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a valid one.